Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is so excited for the whole month of February. We have so many amazing things happening this month. Oh yeah, actually, I just remembered what one of the things are. (laughs) When yes, I am Bravada, the girl who's also very excited for February, because there's just a whole lot of good things that you will find out about as time goes on. And the fact that we're covering Mass Effect 3 during the whole month of February. So uh, yeah, super stoked on that too. Okay, if you are new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this isn't the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. Mass Effect biotic god that you are. Much appreciated. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge on the game and character in question, but we will be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Today, we are still on the Normandy, and the Reapers are still invading the Milky Way. We're talking about the romance between Major Caden Alenko and Commander Shepard. Our Shepard today is a femshep, and a lot of the audio clips we're using come from a playthrough where Caden was romanced since Mass Effect 1. However, we want to point out that in Mass Effect 3, you can either start a new relationship with him or pick back up a relationship with Caden if you romance someone else in Mass Effect 2. And notably, this is the game where a male Shep can romance Caden. The differences between Caden's romance as Femshep and Maleshep are different enough that we will only be discussing Femshep in this episode, and we'll cover Male Shepherd in another episode later. So, let's discuss this hell of a soldier. Hey, there you are. Are you flirting with me? <laughs> if you have to ask, I'm clearly out of practice. Well, when we've got time... 
You'll have to let me practice. Mm, my god, he's so adorable. I might fangirl this entire episode, and sorry, not sorry. Caden has gotten a major promotion since we last saw him in Mass Effect 2, as in he is now a major, and he commands the first special operations biotic company. You will first see Caden on Earth right before you all must evacuate due to the Reaper invasion. And then he will join Shepard on their mission to recover Prothean data on Mars. Caden is very suspicious of Shepard, even a Shepard who has romanced him in past games. He thinks that you're still a puppet for the elusive man. I think it's an understandable reaction to have. Although he should probably be able to see that this is clearly not the case. However, I understand why Caden would jump to this conclusion. The medical technology of 2186 might be science fiction to us in 2023, but even then, you can't just bring back people from the dead. I think it's a fair question to wonder if Shepard is some AI within the physical shell versus a bionic human with more artificial bits than not. In this next audio clip, Caden and Shepard will remove the helmet off a dead Cerberus operative to see what exactly they are dealing with. My God. Looks like a husk. Yeah, not quite. They've definitely done something to him. And by they, you mean Cerberus? They did this to their own guy? Is this what they did to you? How can you compare me to him? Shepard, I don't know what you are, or who, not since Cerberus rebuilt you. For all I know, you could be their puppet, controlled by the elusive man himself. Caden, I... Don't try to explain it. I don't think I'd understand anyway. I just want to know, is the person that I followed to hell and back, the person that I loved, are you still in there? Somewhere? They didn't change me, Caden. Or how I feel about you. But words won't convince you, will they? Probably not. I didn't think so. You were always stubborn. <laughs> Me? His laugh is a gift. Ugh. I cannot get over how sexy this man's voice is. You have to remember that even if you did romance Caden three years ago in Mass Effect 1, that was the last time you were romantically involved. He wasn't with you to fight the Collectors, and he had a deep mistrust of Cerberus, as he should. They are in this awkward relationship right now, where they have to work together, and they have a shared history, but neither of them really knows where they stand and how the other one feels. I mean, Caden doesn't even know if this Shepard is the same Shepard he fell in love with. Not to mention that the elusive man intentionally manipulated Caden into believing Shepard faked their death and didn't bother reaching out to Caden, therefore making him believe that Shepard was a willing Cerberus participant. Yeah, if anyone's the puppet master, it's the elusive man, and we're all his puppets. At least that's what he wants. But here we are, awkwardly yet efficiently killing Cerberus agents, escorting Liara across the compound so he can get the Crucible plans to Admiral Hackett, at the end of the mission on Mars, he will confront the Cerberus Gynoid, which, by the way, I was today years old when I found out that there's a female version of Android. <laughs> like, did you know that that was what it was? No. Makes sense. 
Like, like you Anne a- is like man and guy, like gynecologist, you know, for women. But I've never, I've only ever heard them called fembots, which I don't like. Yeah, I've definitely mm-hmm. heard fembot, and I've heard like cyborg and android and like, but I've never heard of a gynoid before. Well, why does that even yeah. fucking matter? Like, I know it's not they don't have genitalia. They need a gender-neutral term for synthetic humans, right? That's some droid. Just droid? I don't know. No, uh, but a droid is... Sapien droid? I, 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 I need to check my Star Wars lore, but I'm pretty sure that Lucas has the term droid, like, trademarked. And that's why they can't use it. Oh, yeah. But anyways... Anyways, so they get what will eventually become Edie's body and Caden gets horribly injured in the confrontation. So he's rushed to Huerta Memorial Hospital on the Citadel where he somehow survives, but is unconscious for some time. I picked this audio clip because I really like what Shepard says to Caden here while he's lying broken in the hospital bed. Hey, Caden. I don't know if you can hear me, but since you can't tell me to get the hell out either, I'm going to take my chances. Don't die, Caden. You've got to fight. We need you in this. Seeing you in action again reminded me you're a hell of a soldier. The Alliance could sure use you. You need anything, Doc? Let me know. Come on, Caden, fight! And that's an order. The music, ugh. That last line, that's an order. Those were the last words that Shepard said to him before she died. Well. Okay, if you picked that line. But still, the point stands. Caden is knocked out of commission for quite some time. Basically, he improves his condition after a main story mission. So visit him often to hear all the dialogue. And also, stop off at the hospital terminal and buy him a gift. It's totally worth it. Udina will offer him a chance to become the second human spectre. And... Caden will accept it. He deserves it. Things continue as normal, saving the galaxy, fighting the Reapers, and Caden will be recovering. And then Cerberus invades the Citadel. Caden is tasked with protecting the counselors, but unbeknownst to him, Udina orchestrated the attack with Cerberus and is aiming to control the council. When Shepard burst out of an elevator, aiming their gun at Udina... Caden aims his gun right back. Uh, It's a tense moment for sure. Shepard must convince Caden that Udina is actually a traitor, but this is not an easy feat. The outcome of this tense interaction depends on a number of factors, like past interactions with Caden, your morality score, etc. But he will either be talked down or be shot dead here. 
If he is talked down, Caden will be forced to shoot Udina if you're not quick enough with the renegade interrupt. Obviously, we are convincing Caden that Udina is behind this attack and not killing him because we're romancing him. He kind of has to be alive. With the amount of opportunities for Caden and Ashley to die, you'd think Bioware really doesn't want you to romance them. Even if he lives, you can just make him stay on the Citadel as a war asset. We're bringing him on the ship, though. Caden, hey, I wondered where you went. What's up? I'm trying to wrap my head around what just happened. You sound angry. No, just not used to staring down the gun of someone I've worked with so closely. How it all went down, it's got me... I don't know. Okay, talk to me. Let's have it. If I hadn't backed down first, I feel like you would have taken me out. I trusted you, and I knew you'd come around. That's all that matters. Main thing is we stopped the coup and Cerberus is off the Citadel. Yeah, but sometimes the way a thing goes down does matter, Shepard. Later when you have to live with yourself. Knowing that you acted with integrity. But it matters. Hmm. Okay. So I'll tangent here for a second, just because I think it's kind of interesting to go back and watch these. If you let your squad mate kill Caden instead, it leads to some very interesting dialogue. I watched one where you romance Caden in one, then romance Garrus, and then have Garrus shoot Caden. I'm like, my current lover just killed my ex. Um, that's not good. <laughs> and then I've also seen it where Javik kills him. And Javik is a cold-hearted asshole. He's like, he meant nothing. Let's move on. That's no. So. Oh my god. It's so bad. It's hard with these moments with these audio clips because there's so many different variations. And I just liked what he said about it. It matters how a thing goes down. Like, you have to act with integrity. I just liked what he said there, which is why I picked that one. But yeah, there's there's so many. It can get so messy, like a telenovela with Garrus and Caden. Oh my god. It can. Ugh, but I love it. So, like you said, Caden strives to always act with integrity. That is one of his hallmark traits. He is a consummate professional. And up until the third game, he has to be reminded to relax. He is a bit more casual by the time that the Reapers are destroying the galaxy. Go figure. <sighs> the Apocalypse has a certain way of putting things into perspective. When he comes aboard the Normandy, he will spend his time on the Starboard Observation Lounge, in the same room that Samara used to use. He looks out into the endless abyss of space and contemplates how it's easy to forget what kind of nightmare people are living through because of the Reaper invasion. He will admit that his mother is alone, and that his father is listed as missing in action, and presumed dead. No one is unscathed. Everyone has been touched by tragedy in the Milky Way. It makes Shepard's mission so much more real to hear the crewmates talk about their family and friends. Yeah, it's easy to forget what's at stake when you're drifting around space, like what Caden said. Eventually in the game, you'll do a mission where you can save some Cerberus scientists and Jacob Taylor. And afterwards, Caden will talk with Shepard about their insight into Cerberus. He can't seem to wrap his head around the fact that the scientists were good people 
but Cerberus is a bad organization. And he wonders how the elusive man went from an ally to an enemy. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. But it says a lot about Caden that he would wonder about that in the first place. It shows a lot of empathy and compassion to even see the humanity in your adversary. At this point, you still have not fully reconciled with Caden, even if you've romanced him in the past. Or if you haven't, the romance hasn't even really started yet. He'll invite you to lunch on the Citadel to have what he calls a sanity check. The two will have a nice date at a restaurant, uh, the Apollo Cafe, that still somehow has a halfway decent menu, despite the circumstances. It's a cute break from all the shit going down all over the galaxy. This is also where you can reestablish your relationship with Caden, who is really, really thrilled to be loved back. The war isn't the only thing keeping me up at night. I wonder about us. Us. I love you, Shepard. I always have. I want to understand what this is between us. And make it real. <sighs> That's what I want. What do you want? I can't bury what I feel for you anymore. And I don't want to. And that makes me so happy and there are benefits to that happiness a little smooch at the end <laughs> so cute if you guys have listened to our previous Caden episodes specifically the first one which was our episode two I was definitely in the camp of oh Caden's boring in Mass Effect 1 and I still stand by that, honestly. <laughs> I had never watched his romance scenes from Mass Effect 3, though, until now for this episode. And like, wow. I mean, just like with most of the romance options, they really improved in Mass Effect 3, especially considering what we get in the glorious Citadel DLC. But we'll be talking about those scenes in a separate episode. Like we said in Liara's episode, we're not going to summarize the whole game. There are a ton of choices you can make, and we aren't here to walk you through all of them, just the ones that involve romancing Major Elenko. And just like with all romance options, the culmination scene comes near the end of the game. But before we get to that, we need to take a mid-break so we can hear from some of our sponsors, listen to some fun facts, and thank our patrons. If you told me that Butt Cheek Beach was a Mario Kart course, I'd believe you. You know how when you're hanging with your buds and the conversation takes a nosedive into vehemently arguing things about fictional worlds that don't matter? Well, Debate This is a show that tries to recapture that magic. The first time we meet Wario, I'm pretty sure, is in the second Mario Game Boy game. And I think his whole shtick is like, he's stealing shit. That doesn't mean he's anti-union time. <laughs> it's like two parts barroom debate, one part show and tell, and one part horrific thought experiment. He is certainly not stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> if anything, Mario is a blue-collar worker, and he's stealing from Mario. Mario Mario is a centrist, and we all know that. Mario is upholding the monarch estate of Mushroom Kingdom. You cannot tell me that Wario is not anti-fascist. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you download podcasts. Yeah, I'm going to think about Wario being anti-fascist for a while. Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> 
So let's go to the mid-break dance. <laughs> All right. It is fun facts time. We've mentioned that Caden is from Canada and is most likely of Ukrainian origin given his surname. But did you know that the word Caden means shackles in Ukrainian? I'm not sure if Bioware chose this name to signify anything for Caden. Is he shackled to his biotic abilities and the pain that they bring? Is he shackled to his duty as an Alliance Marine? Is he shackled to my bed because he likes it rough? I mean, who knows? It could just be a coincidence that they named him that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I should have known. <laughs> well, one thing we know for sure is why Caden is so attractive. Bioware modeled Caden's face off of a Brazilian model named... Is it Luciano or Luciano Costa? Costa? There's so many ways to say all these words. Who has even graced us with some appearances where he cosplays as Caden. It also helps that he is voiced by Raphael Sparge, who has a beautiful voice, and he also voiced Karth in Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, Luciano is a gift of a human. Are you kidding me? I love him, and I follow him on Instagram because one dude is, like, flying, but he is an amazing human. He will show up to cons in full Caden armor, and his husband will be dressed up as Shepard. And, like, I saw this, like, Instagram, I think it was an Instagram reel, where this guy walks up to them, and he's crying, going... You were the first relationship I could be openly gay in. And, like, I mean, obviously, this person was just, like, explaining that Caden and Bro Shep together was the first time that he felt accepted in a gay relationship. But Luciano just gave him a big hug. And I was just like, oh, God, just thinking about that just makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to link his Instagram in the show notes because... Oh, he is a gift to mankind. I know it's a lot to ask from celebrities to be that accessible and available to fans, but it's just so great to see when they are, because it really means a lot to us normies who are fans, you know? It's really cool. Oh, and another gift that we get is from our patrons every month. And so we shout you out in the middle of the show because you guys are amazing. To Toasty and Apollo, Mystheos and Wynn, Bat Knight and Lizzie, Becky and the Cups, you guys are all amazing. Much love. Very much appreciated. Thank you, as usual. All right, Jen, let's get comfy in the captain's quarters of the Normandy and wait for Caden to bring us a drink. Oh. Are you sure you're ready for this? I know you're ready, and that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, I am ready. I am so ready for this. All right, let's go until the end of time. What are you thinking about right now? Ah, uh, the good times and the hard times. <laughs> it's been an unforgettable few years. I'll never forget that first night we bunked together. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. I mean, I was uh, pretty spectacular, if I remember right. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're exactly what I need right now. I didn't come here for a quick drink. You mean a lot to me, Caden. I love you. I love you too. Until the end of time. Are you ready for this? Because I am so fucking ready for this. This is 100% personal bias and my own preferences. But there is something so sexy and overtly masculine about this scene. Shepard is straddling Caden's hips in the sweet way where you are facing your partner and sitting on the couch together. It's also called the cowgirl position if you need that mental image. This man then grabs you under your ass and just stands up. Do you know how much core strength that takes? How powerful you have to be in order to do that? My God, is it sexy to see him walking Shep into their bedroom, just carrying her while her legs are wrapped around his hips. It is gorgeous. The next thing that we see is the camera panning up from the floor. Both of our undressed bodies are starting to twine together. And damn, Femshep's booty got an upgrade. Then, in such a dommy mommy moment, Shep shoves Caden back onto the bed, and he falls beautifully. Ah, <sighs> this is not the first time that they have played like this, and it shows there is power to her movements when she throws herself onto him. There is no need for the body crawl. No, this is an I need it now moment. Oh, and I love the foreplay. Don't neglect the body just trying to get to the core. The kissing and the rolling around shows that they had an amazing night together. Okay. Let's also talk a little bit about Caden's kink level. My man has long been called boring, and I think someone on this show even called him milk toast at one point. But I am here to set the record straight. Caden has some extra in him. And it's not just me projecting. Have you heard the quickening? There's a deep-seated anger in this man, and it is controlled rage. It is calculated, and it is juicy. And he has in-game canon to reference this to, okay? He has referenced to watching pornography, specifically extranet fetish sites, okay? Going to Pornhub and watching a video here and there is still on the vanilla side to me, but once you start clicking around on the fetish links... Oh, honey, welcome to the leather side. There are a few cons to this scene, though. It makes me sad that Liara gets her super cool biotics and mind-meldy scene, and Caden still doesn't even get an eye flare. He has grown in power and control, 
And Morton even said that Jack could manipulate fields to have fun. And we all know what Trainer does with her damn toothbrush. So let my human have fun with biotics. Please? Pretty please? The possibilities are endless, and that is why fanfiction exists. But it would be nice to have a visual. I also want to set the record straight. I called him the human equivalent of an elimination diet, not milk toast. And I definitely stand by that for Mass Effect 1. But Mass Effect 3 is a different story. We know a lot more about him. His character is more well-rounded. But yeah. My favorite part about this scene is Shepard's little giggle when she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like, I truly cannot get over how freaking cute that little giggle was. See, I have never romanced Caden, and I've never heard Shepard be lighthearted and silly like that ever, and I've been playing this game since it came out. I think that's what Caden really brings to the table. On the surface, he's quiet and reserved, level-headed and stable, and that's why he comes off as boring, especially in Mass Effect 1. He's had some shit to go down in his life. He's had to deal with trauma but he's handled his shit and is coping healthily with his trauma. Caden's loyalty mission doesn't exist, partly because he wasn't a companion in Mass Effect 2, but also partly because what does he need to fix? He's close with his parents, so there's no daddy issues. He doesn't need to settle a score with a past group he ran with because he's serving with distinction in the military. And there isn't some horrible mistake where he needs help correcting. So instead of Shepard helping Caden... I think Caden helps Shepard more, just like Liara. Who else can make her drop her commander facade and giggle like that? No one. The giggle is so fucking cute. Like, those are lovers who know each other so well that they don't need to put up the front anymore. Ugh, it's amazing. The end of the road is unfortunately rapidly approaching. It's do or die, and these two soldiers know that no matter what, they have a mission to do. The final push against the Reapers, the final battle in London, is that do or die moment. Just like we said in Liara's episode, you can speak with each of your companions and say a final farewell. They are all great conversations with this group of extraordinary beings that have been with you through it all. Some even through death. And Caden, if you've romanced him this whole time, he heard till death do us part and said, not today, bitch. This is what he'll say to you before you make your last stand and push for the beam. Guess we're old soldiers, eh, Shepard? Yeah, I guess we are. We know the score. When all this is goodbye. When this is over, I'm gonna be waiting for you. You better show up. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna fight like hell for the chance to hold you again. But listen, there's things I wanna say. And looking back, I have a few regrets, but not many. That's pretty damn amazing, right? Messed up kid that I was. Never would have dreamed of the life I've had. And I owe a lot of that to you, you know? 
It's been quite a ride. It sure has. But how are you doing? Scared? I've got these bastards in my sights, Caden. It's them that should be afraid of me. <laughs> You're right about that. So... Take care, Major. attached to this like when i was watching it and clipping it earlier i don't know if you guys could hear it but it sounds like he's crying it sounds like shepherd's crying when she said i'm gonna be waiting for you you better be there like it really sounds like she's crying she is holding back tears but you could actually hear the cry in the audio and i'm like it fucking breaks yeah. me i know both of them <sighs> both of them are so great Something I really loved about this conversation is how the shot was framed and how Caden and Shepard stand with each other visually. At first, they're facing each other when they're being very vulnerable in the beginning of this clip. They're using this moment to say what needs to be said to the one they love. Then they turn, stand shoulder to shoulder, and look ahead at the beam and the reapers in their path. They're both the humans that love one another, and the soldiers assessing the next steps of the mission. This shot is over their shoulders and at their backs, which really help us keep our eyes forward, literally. This conversation is both accepting the possibility that this is goodbye, and also determination to fight. It may be goodbye, but it's also good luck. I just really like it. It's such a good moment. There was one line that I wanted to add as the closer for this episode tonight. But unfortunately, all of my research, and I even tapped a couple of Google goddesses trying to find a clip of this, but I could only find it as a bro -ship. So I'm going to save it for his episode. But the extended cut, final goodbye, where Shepard puts Caden back on the Normandy. And she says, I love you. Always. It is very powerful knowing that this is the last time you are going to see him. The line that I love and that the one that I have heard as my bro -ship is that I need you to survive. I need to know that you're going to be okay. I just couldn't find it as a femship, so I didn't use it tonight. But I think that's what I would want for him. I need to know that you're going to be okay. And that will give me the strength to go and do what I need to go do next. And what I need to go do next is invite somebody very, very special. So that is where we would normally end our show. But tonight, we have a very special guest who is returning to talk about her beloved Caden. So, welcome back to the show, Yuri. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Like, Give me a moment while I fucking cry there over here. <laughs> okay, so for reals, though, I was tearing up here listening to it, too. It's so good. Is, it is. Like, the writing is so good, and the actors are so good. There's just everything about it. Like, um, I pretty much know that 
me talking about this is basically going to be like version two of V talking about um, Alistair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like really hard not to gush over Keaton for me. That is fair. I understand it now. I didn't understand it last time you were on the show. I was like, I, whatever floats your boat. But now I'm like, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Well, there's so well, much oh, to it too. Yeah. I suppose you should just, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, introduce yourself. I'm Yuri Kat, Yurika, depending on, on where you see me. <laughs> and what are your preferred pronouns? Uh, she, her. I have to tell you guys, too, I didn't have any wine. So I went like the vodka route and like there's this glass was full. Full? Just, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, mixed with a rock star. Oh, okay. But, but so I was You're just awake. like sipping on it. Listen, like it, when when Jen was talking about like the sex scene, I was like just sitting here cuzzling it. Like, Stop, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, yes, talk more. Oh, yeah. It's a good scene. Like, it's not the best that I've seen. And it's it's pretty high ranking up there for a Mass Effect romance scene. Um, but it's still really good. Oh my gosh, like, because you have the option to not take it further after you straddle him. Mm-hmm. And like, when she starts to get up, and he like pulls her back down just so gently, and is like, where are you going? I just, oh my gosh. Yeah, because like, isn't she cuddles instead, right? Mm-hmm. I, saw, I think I saw that version. I have no idea. I've never. <laughs> I saw one where she's sitting on him, and then she says, "Like, not I don't need that tonight," or whatever she says, and he says, "Okay, just come here." And like, she just leans her head on his chest, and he's like perfectly happy with that too. And I'm glad that you brought that up because what a moment! What an example to set for all people, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and like. I am a hopeless romantic anyway, and I love love. And Caden loves her so much. Or him. I do, I don't know, I get disappointed with the the male romance because I feel like you really lose something by not having that option in the first game. Male players were really cheated, in my opinion. Great. Because there's were- so much yeah. extra. They didn't even have a gay option until Mass Effect 3, until Legendary Edition came out and they re-added in Taylor's gay romance, right? Like he was, or no, they, they, no. Didn't, they didn't do that. Uh-oh. So they don't even have an option until 3. And that's not the same. If you are a lesbian, you have Liara, technically, I guess she is female enough, human-ish. But like, gay men are just get the shaft <laughs> Not literally. I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> they, don't. No, they, want, they want the shaft. Yeah, they want the shaft and it was not given to them. And right. that's not fair, especially when the no. studio is known for being inclusive. They still have a ways to go. And this obviously was a long time ago that they made these games and they have since rectified a lot of that. But, you know, it's worth pointing out because even if you play those games, I mean, everyone plays these games multiple, multiple times. They still don't have an option. So it's hard for it's harder for them to feel more included. Hmm. Oh, so by the way, uh, we have talked before about your origin story with Mass Effect all the way back on episode four, because you were we didn't even know that we were going to have guests on our show yet. So we had no idea. We're like, well, Caden's episode number two. And then I was like, 
let's have my friend Yuri come on the show and talk about Caden. So we quickly threw a, together an episode on Shiara, the consort, and we just were like, let's talk about how you get to have sex for two minutes and then talk to Yuri uh, for about Caden for another hour. So if you want more background on Yuri and even more Caden love, episode four is what you are looking for. Um, and we also did discuss quite a bit about Caden today. Was there anything that you learned? Is there anything new? I don't think I... No, I didn't actually know about his um, fetish, like, researching. So, And I have to say, it just kind of makes me love him a little bit more. Right? <laughs> uh, the fetish extra next sites is actually referenced in Mass Effect 1, which I completely missed until doing more research on him. Um, he's talking to Lorik Keen, the Turian on, um, what's the planet? Oh my gosh, the snowy one, Novaria. Yeah, on Novaria. And he's talking about how there was an Asari in a pinstripe suit and it caused some stirring among all the people there. And then Caden's like, oh, well, that sounds like something you'd find on an extranet fetish site. Shepard looks at him and he goes, what? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. All right. So, I mean, he's looking at a sorry porn, which makes sense because he admits to being attracted to Liara in Mass Effect 1. And he said that he would have been down for a threesome if Shepard had talked to him about it before they got to the confrontation scene. Kate I don't think kinky. I've ever had that conversation either because I never flirt with Liara. <laughs> I've had it. I, I definitely got the confrontation scene. Like my first run through, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to flirt with the hot boy and the cute alien girl. So people find this like really hard to wrap their heads around when I mention this. But for my first playthrough and a couple of the subsequent playthroughs after, I always, if I'm going to romance Caden, I romance him in the first game. I am completely celibate in the second game. I don't flirt with anyone. I shoot them down right away. Get off my case, Kelly. Yes, I am sad that I had that confrontation with him on Horizon. And then I come back to him in three with no other romance happening. And so, like, the only time I've ever seen that confrontation happen in, in the hospital is when I've seen other people play it or, like, when I'm watching... Hmm. like playthroughs online and stuff i've never personally had it because i just can't i can't even detach from him to do that and even when i decided i was going to do my uh garris romance i just didn't romance anybody in the first one because i'm not really interested in liara and i'm like i can't do that to Caden. i just can't do it yeah I do it every time now, and I feel super <laughs> guilty because my canon femme is Caden Garris Garris, but my canon bro is Liara Jack Caden. So, I mean, I romance Caden in one and three. That's got to count for something, right? Right. But I don't know. There's something so beautiful about, like, her waiting during the second game and then like instead of having someone come up to your cabin she walks over and looks at his picture and you know Aww. just wishing things could be different like she picks it up and looks at it and you're like same same shepherd i also wish things could be different for you guys i feel like kaden is from shep's liara the way like kaden falls in love with you no matter what he has that crush from afar and so does liara and they kind of also serve the same kind of purpose in that like 
Caden asks how Shepard's doing, and, and they're both such gentle people. It's like I kept seeing this trope come up when I was doing research for Caden. It's called Red Oni, Blue Oni, and it's like the opposite. One's really calm, one's really... It's it's Ashley and Caden, basically. It's even reflected in their color of armor that they wear. It's like Ashley's a lot more aggressive, and like they balance each other out really well, though. Uh, Liara is like a blue Oni also. She's just really... And she's literally blue also. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It's they both are so similar in a lot of ways. I mean, different in many, many ways, too. But that's just what it reminded me of when I was watching this with Mass Effect 3, like their whole interaction. Something I said in the first episode that we did on Caden was that I thought Caden was really important for a female shepherd because he's so introspective and reflective of a person. He's really self-aware and it's super not common to see a really strong female lead with a male counterpart who's secure in his masculinity, especially when Mass Effect 1 came out, because he's that, that way even in the first game. Right. He's just all around, like, positive role model. You know, that is a line that Shepard says in the first one that never really added up to me. At one point, she's talking to Ashley, and she tells her, she's like, if I want an opinion that comes from the head, I'll go to Caden. If I want an opinion that comes from the heart, I come to you. And I'm like, no, there is so much heart behind so many things that Caden says. And I do think that he's the type of person that you don't really get to see fully who he is unless you romance him, because he's not willing to be open with just everybody he's guarded for reason he's got good reason to be as guarded as he is but when when i think of kaden i don't think of him as being detached from his emotions at all i think he's very aware and the amount of times that he tells shepherd that he loves her and that he cares about her he is just not at all shy about sharing that information he's very open you never have to question where you stand with kaden even when he was upset with her on horizon he didn't sugarcoat anything he let her know exactly where he stood where his hesitations were and even you know flat out told her right then that he says i loved you like he doesn't hold any of that back and so i just I've always thought that was kind of weird. I feel like he's very in tune with his emotions and he's not uh, ashamed or embarrassed to share them at all. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think anyone's paying attention if they think he's detached. Like if anything, he's really impressive because he's very in control of his emotions. He has to be as biotic, especially a powerful one, but like also as a military man. And when you first meet Shepard and Caden, Shepard's his commanding officer. So he just has really good military bearing and he has like a very good professionalism, but it's not that he doesn't feel stuff. Like clearly he does. And I just think that's maybe what they meant when they said I'll go to him for the head stuff, because he's, he's not detached from his emotions, but he's able to be analytical in a way that Ashley cannot be, you know, <laughs> like she truly can. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so do you think that there are any key factors that we miss to this? Or things that would have brought even more depth to the romance? I'm not sure about more depth to the romance, but I do agree with you that, like, especially because in Mass Effect, the first one, he teased that, you know, in the bedroom, biotics, like, he could use his biotics to make things more fun. I'm like, where's the evidence of that? Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Or I guess, is there anything about the romance that you would change? 
Anything mm. that, if you could redesign the romance, anything that would make it better? I don't know. It's pretty perfect as it is. <laughs> I, for me, just because I am the resident hornball, I would love to have more opportunities for physical interaction outside of the we're about to fuck before we go die. You know? Agreed. We do get to see more of that in the Citadel DLC, yes. But I wish that even just like the little moments when you're going to talk to him in his room, go at least hold his hand or something. Show me something that we're in a relationship together. And, you know, I wish this with all of our Mass Effect companions and romances, but just to be able to walk up and give him a hug and then start the normal dialogue just to show that, yes, you guys have, you know, you've locked in your romance at this point. You get to give him hugs in between missions, you know. Take kind of like a Dragon Age approach where you can. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I would. I would like that, too. Isn't there a thing, oh, but you can't do it with Caden because he's not in the second game, really. Isn't it in the second game, like after a certain mission, you can just go up to your cabin and cuddle like, with cuddle. your romance option? Super awkwardly, but yeah. Super awkwardly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not even until they, after a mission, it's after the end of the game. It's after yeah, the it's suicide after the end mission. Of the game. That's right. Which is, yeah, I don't know. I just, that's something that I haven't seen any game where you can choose your romance option i still have not seen a game that you can do that with very well like believably well where you can where it feels like a real relationship outside of cutscenes as well if that origins. makes sense dragon age origins i don't know like they it can it just other than like you can go up and woohoo with them in the camp it's still not like i want more like stuff happening there they did good that's the thing that i really love about dragon age is i think they have better banter than mass i was just going to say that it would be nice to have some banter that related to your relationship like on the field and stuff because mm -hmm. like some that's some of my banter yeah that's some of my favorite favorite parts of win uh in mm -hmm. origins is the things that she'll say and like how she's trying to explain like the birds and the bees to alistair and things yeah. like that I'm like this wonderful. i'm so glad someone tried to at least before <laughs> it happened <laughs> but like they, i feel like dragon age has more banter too like mm -hmm. it, i just something i noticed when i was playing legendary edition the last time was so often like outside of combat it's pretty quiet and, like, you'll get some really great things, but I just feel like they talk so much more often in Dragon Age and what they say. They have more, like, romance-related banter as well, where your companions will comment on your relationship or talk to your companion about your relationship. And you don't hear that so much in Mass Effect outside of the Citadel DLC anyway. Like I did. love that in Inquisition so much that the party members will like even sometimes like poke and make fun of who you're dating, mm -hmm. but in like the good little friendship way. I love it. <laughs> That's something Cloudy sent me recently because I guess she hadn't heard it before. She romanced Solus for the first time in Inquisition recently. And Sarah at one point says like, do you think when he does it, he shouts Elven Glory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's yes. the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need more of that. I hope I hope we have a lot more of that. I hope we have it just just outside of cutscenes, more interaction like that. And, you know, I would love to just be able to hold a hand or like go up. You know, like they have so many interactions where you could pet a horse or a cat or something in the game. It's like, can I caress my lover's cheek or something sweet? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just something right. cute. 
Um, one thing I will say, I there like in the archives, I love that for the Caden romance so much. The stuff that Liara says to you, like like there's at one point where like Caden walks into the other room to to check out the, they were stuck somewhere and they were trying to get out right and Liara's on the computer and as Caden's walking out <laughs> the way she looks at Shepard she's like the major has become quite capable <laughs> like it's just I love it so much I'm like oh you noticed that too did you <laughs> <laughs> Yes, those are the best. That's that I feel like more than anything. It's like those little banter moments is what makes it feel real. That's what people would do, you know, or like in uh, when you first uh, see Caden in the third game and you're walking with Vega and after you walk away with Anderson and Vega asks him, oh, you know, the commander and the way he turns at her and looks at her like so like just so adoringly. I used to and they did such a good job of just like writing it all over his face, thinking of all the things they've been through and wondering where things are now. And so the, the moments where they do that kind of stuff, they do it brilliantly, but I agree that it would be nice to have it more. And it seems like a lot of it was concentrated in the beginning of the game and you get less of it as time goes on. So I would agree. There definitely could be more of that. Yeah, I think they're perfect for what they are. But like that formula of flirt, flirt, outside of a couple times and then sex scene at the end like i just wish that would change a little bit and they can't obviously do it for these romances but someday maybe they'll have i would like it to start earlier in the game so you have more time so you have more sex scenes yeah so we have more than one that would be nice (laughs) (laughs) but not necessarily it doesn't have to be dragon age because that's also something i would prefer is instead of dragon age where you could just go and do it whenever you want at camp but it's the same animation every time I would like maybe two sex scenes in a game and they're both unique and different experiences. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. We do get one little banter moment like that when the if you bring it your partner and somebody else with you onto the dreadnought or oh, sorry, it's always Tally. Uh, Tally and your lover onto the dreadnought there will be a little bit of a bantery conversation there. Yeah, they exist. It's just, it's a lot rarer, I think, than Dragon Age. They're all great. I just want, I just want more. I know it's so much work. It's so much work to do all that writing and recording and animating and all that jazz. But it's so good. (laughs) I just want more. And like your relationships with the characters are so important to these games. Like they are great stories and all of that, but the characters are what really, really make it. And so that is definitely where, you know, the the work should be put is in building those relationships with those characters. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm going to hazard a guess that as someone who's done multiple full playthroughs, the Caden relationship is what brings you back each time or relationships in general. Well, partly I just relationships in general, because even before I had made the dive to playing the games myself, I watched my ex play through quite a few of, uh, or quite a lot of the first game because he played it when it first came out. And that is actually where my hatred of Ashley began because he didn't do the thing where he went renegade or paragon like he did wishy-washy and so she shot rex and i was like that bitch done <laughs> she's yeah. like a hater <laughs> so like there was that but um after so many years like in between the games 
And, you know, even after finishing the third game, the way they kind of put a lot of space between the DLC, it just made that relationship even longer. So in the most like lonely, loserly way that I could say this, they feel like they've become my friends. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I miss them. And I re-enter that world just because I want to hang out with them and spend some more time with them. And then obviously I want to see how many different scenarios I can make by making different decisions and see how different things play out. There's always that aspect too. But mostly I, I just want to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. No, I really agree. That was like the last time I finished it, which I don't often finish the trilogy because... I'm not here for the end, like, cause that makes me really sad, but you know, I, I like playing through the end of the third game anyway. Like I'll finish the first and the second one. No problem. Cause it's not the end of the story. I don't right. want to say goodbye to them all the time. So, but I remember the last time I actually did finish three and I'm just sitting there crying because I'm like, I knew it was going to happen, but the music and the everything and got to me and I'm just like, Ugh. it's like when you finish a really good book or, not really a movie because you're never with people long enough in a movie to get this way. But like a video game and a book, you'll just be like, what do I do now? I don't know what to do with myself. It feels empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, that's what's so awesome about this game in particular, but games in general is unlike a book, the words stay the same every single time. And that can be great. I love books. I still read every single day, but that's what's special about games is not only do you get to be a part of the story, but especially in an RPG, you get to write it a lot of the time too. It's so true. And like the relationships, like I said, are so important in this game. And I was just thinking about how it actually determines my decision at the end of the trilogy as well. Like who, who I've romanced kind of sends me in a particular direction because like, in my heart, like if I were to choose what I think the best option is, I do think the control ending is the the right one, the right way to go. Just my personal beliefs. But when I get there and I'm like thinking about which way to go, knowing that there's a chance that Shepard will survive the renegade ending. If I'm romancing Caden, I feel like I owe it to him to take that option because he already watched Shepard die once. He mourned her for two years and then came back in these really strange, suspicious circumstances. But then they were able to rebuild it. They have that beautiful goodbye conversation and how they both want to make it to the other side to be able to be with each other again because they feel like there was so much wasted time and they want you know, they want to be together after that as well. And it's just, I cannot, I cannot make any other decision. I'm like, if you know, it sucks for, cause I always, I always think about Joker and Edie. I'm like, and all the geth and all that. I'm like, sorry guys. Sometimes one life is more important. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you can hear is Caden saying, I can't lose you again. And you're like, destroy, destroy, destroy. <laughs> it's so true. Like, and like, so I know that we're not going to get into the Citadel DLC, really. But it is one of my favorite lines that's shared between them the entire time. 
after they get back to the apartment and she tells him, you know, that it was really hot how he came to save her. And that's all cute banter. But then, and I love how quickly they'll go from that to, to something serious because there, there is that flirty banter. But then she says, I don't know what I do without you. And he says, you'll never have to. And it just, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Every time I'm like, oh. I haven't seen any of the Citadel scenes for him yet. So I'm going to oh. watch them after this, I guess. They get a bad rap for being kind of boring because they're not like, you know, a cool like bar dance situation. But okay, yeah, nothing tops that for me. But I have heard he cooks <laughs> for you. And that is also very sexy and very important. Well, like and even, in even real life, like I said, I'm trying not to like get into this too much because I know you guys are going to discuss it on a later episode. But even when he's about to cook for her, she's like, you're going to make me sit and watch you cook. He's like, no, smart ass. You're going to keep me company and help me drink beer. You know, just that ah, the the casualness between them, the comfortability between the two of them, like that's a conversation that I could see my husband and I having, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, oh, I love them so much. <laughs> I just okay. love them so much. So I have it as a bro ship just randomly saved on my computer. Don't look at me with your questioning eyes. So I can play it if you'd like. Definitely, because it's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> it's relevant. Nice to see you in action on the car lot. It was pretty hot. Why, thank you. What would I do without you? <laughs> You'll never find out. It's so sweet. It is. He's just so cute. <laughs> I just love him. And oh my gosh, and the other the other line, because like there is specific dialogue that you get when you're in, when you visit him in the Huerta Memorial Hospital, right? The dialogue you get is different if you didn't romance someone in the second game, but you mm-hmm. did romance him in the first game, than the dialogue you get otherwise. And one of my favorites is uh, when she asks him, how do we get past Horizon? And he tells her just point blankly, he's like, I'm not seeing anyone and I still care. And he very specifically says, uh, we don't need to do anything about it. I just want you to know that I still care. I'm like, oh, I'm like, me too, Kate. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's so nice because every single step, he like leaves it on their terms, on Shepard's terms. He's not forceful in any way. And I know that can be sexy sometimes and that can be what someone might need or want like in a relationship is maybe they don't want to like instigate things. But I think it's just really nice to see an example of that, especially for a military man, because the stereotype is just not that. But I think the difference for him is like he didn't necessarily choose the military. It kind of chose him because of his biotics. Mm-hmm. Like they're what other path was really open to him besides crime? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I was in the military, so I know firsthand how uh, a lot of us are like introvert nerds <laughs> and not James Vega types. So, but there's, there's still plenty of those as well. The I knew, I like, knew one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've known a real life James Vega type. So who was Me in the too. military. So. I know, I know many, all from my military days. <laughs> and uh, James Vega is the least insufferable out of the ones that I know. Yeah, I was like, I was never in the military, but I'll still flirt, flirt with you, Lola. 
God. I don't like him. I, I am sad that I, the only time I feel anything for him is in Citadel if he's quote unquote romanced, and then I just feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah. You don't even like the banter between him and Cortez. No, I think their friendship is cute. I just don't like the way he talks to me as a femme show. I'm just like, "Mm," because I don't know. It's, it's, I'm bringing my own personal experiences into it. We'll get to this more when we do the Cortez romance, but Mm -hmm. I actually really like how uh, the relationship between Bro and Cortez and how respectful Vega is of it. When they have their little three way date watching the basketball game or whatever, um, he'll look over, realize, Oh, I know when I'm the third wheel, and then just like walks out. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Like I said, I'm I'm not going to talk about Citadel. I sort of have to keep telling myself, but I love I love the date between Caden and Shepard in the Citadel. All right. Well, I think we will wrap up the show here then, and then we can all go watch the Citadel DLC. When we get to covering the Citadel romances, maybe we'll have people send in little audio clips or something like that. Or maybe second interviews. Who knows? Maybe we'll just make all of 2023 Mass Effect 3 and just have like individual episodes. All no, year no, I, no. <laughs> I have planned out games I want to talk about later on in the year. <laughs> We can't but skip I, them. <laughs> I don't want to leave the Milky Way. I'm not ready. Well, we... You'll never be ready. Yeah, we'll have to leave the Milky Way, but we still have the Andromeda Galaxy to talk about at some point, so. That's true. There are some good ones in there. Not as good as Kanan. No. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up, no. I'm sorry, nobody. Yeah, there's no contest. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's so much potential in Andromeda, but that's what it remains, potential. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean... For me, you know, always until the end of time. It's it's Caden. Aww. You said yeah. thing. <laughs> thing. Do you have any, was that your last thought of Caden? That you'll love him until the end of time? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm like showing off stuff that I have, but they have this coin collection, right? And in it, they even have that line where he's talking about, you know, sometimes the way a thing goes down and how the integrity matters. And I feel like that sums him up so perfectly that's who he is he's a man of integrity he's a man of honesty and he's not afraid of his own emotions he's not afraid to let you know where he stands and i just i don't know how you don't respect someone like that and someone who went through the childhood that he did you know forcibly taking away from his parents in this you know boot camp that he didn't want to be in and you know and and had to learn to survive and to be that wonderful of a person and that good of an example and that caring of a person i think it speaks a lot to his character just as perfectly said as his abs are perfectly sculpted yeah that's not hurting his case either yeah no (laughs) all right anything that you want to shout out or plug before we wrap up the show tonight uh, just if uh, you guys are into female-fronted symphonic metal, I um, am the front woman for a band called Terminal Desk. You can find us at terminaldeskofficial.com. Links to all of our music and socials are on the website. And you will also find the link to their the band website in uh, the show notes on this episode here tonight. And anything else that she wants me to put in the notes, we will make sure that it gets in there. Terminal Desk is great. Well, thank you, guys. 
You know, really also just as someone who's sung karaoke with you, it's very intimidating. You're so great at singing, <laughs> oh, just in general. <laughs> I was like, it's not intimidating. It's amazingly fun because I know that if I start fucking up something, Yuri's going to pick up the second mic and like be my backup hype woman. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, now I can keep going. Yeah, you aren't intimidating at all. It's self-intimidation of like, oh, gosh, I have to sing next to her. No, and no, like, I never, I never want people to feel like that. <laughs> no. Well, of course you don't because you're the sweetest. But yeah. I think you guys are pretty sweet, too. Aw, thanks, Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you like what you are hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host, Toasty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And of course, in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash two girls, one ship. Links to all of that and more are in the description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well, and on our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Join me, Jaxus, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.